Warning. The following broadcast is not approved by your teacher, university, politician, or government. Side effects may include skepticism, better reasoning skills, liberty, peace, and an escape from the woke. Welcome to the show. I am your host, L.B. Moniz, and this is a portion of episode 88 of our Demoralized Democracy. This is your first time checking out the show. Just wanted to say we do monthly live streams, and what you're listening to is a portion of that live stream. So we've got six episodes in this block, and I hope you enjoy it. Let me know your comments. Make sure you subscribe at bitawake.com. And before we get into it, because of when I'm recording this, I just want to wish everybody who's listening, who celebrates a Merry Christmas, and of course, I wish everybody a Happy New Year. I hope 2024 brings us many exciting stories that we get to unpack here at the Project for Bench Sense Making. So in this episode, like I said, six segments. Starting out, we're going to talk a little bit about my changing politics and the analysis, the mode of analysis I use, and how that differs from where I would have been in the past. The second segment of the episode is about Dear Patriot, No Identity for You. I talk about a piece I wrote, Dear Patriot, You're Supposed to Be Demoralized, and I tie that into a larger conversation about Israel-Palestine and who gets to have an identity in the West. I think it's an interesting thing to examine, given especially the, uh, the conflict in the Middle East. Then we move into all the worst elements of narrative journalism. We, we analyze that dead spin story of a hit piece on a nine-year-old boy because he decided to wear face paint to an NFL game and just how much that shows us about what is a decaying media uh, ecosystem. But it still has a lot of power and that's why we need to keep an eye on it. We also talk a little bit about Ibram X. Kennedy, and we also talk about Elon Musk in that episode, so make sure you check that one out. Then we move into a quick conversation about Argentina, uh, Spain, and Ireland, some recent unrest and up and election changes there that are very interesting from a geopolitical perspective, but might be lost in the day-to-day coverage of most of the shows that you listen to. We'll spend a little bit of time on the GOP debate, that's 88.5 and then 88.6. I want to I, I try to tackle a little bit of a question of are we dealing with an immigration at the moment at the southern border right now? Are we dealing with an invasion? Is it something else? I think there's an important conversation to be had here that most people aren't willing or interested in having. So I hope you join me on that. And then we also do our little roundup at the end there. We have some fun stories about Gavin Newsom cleaning up San Francisco. Why? Because he can and also dating in your 30s. So I hope you like this episode. If you would, if this is your first time listening, please subscribe on whatever platform you're on, and then go to beenawake.com. Subscribe with your email. It's the best way to keep in contact. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Let's see. Every Oh, okay. So the next story we're going to talk about, and uh, the, what I've entitled this is Everything Wrong with Narrative-Driven Journalism. Um, you may have seen this story. You may not have. I found it particularly interesting um, just in terms of how much was there. And, and the fun part of this show is over as we uh the fun part of this show is given that we're going to sometimes look at things a couple of weeks after they happen i can actually give you all the facts as they exist and so this was a story that if you didn't see now full disclosure i am not somebody who sits around and watches football or american football on sunday just not my just not my cup of tea if you will um but apparently there was let's see apparently there was was a kid at a Kansas City Chiefs game who decided to dress in a headdress and, you know, be at the game. It looks like he actually got some pictures with the cheerleaders. 
cheerleaders and you know here he is and you know he's just a kid enjoying football a lot of kids out there enjoy football apparently they have good seats too now this kid appears european he appears white but of course child doesn't have to sub doesn't have to succumb to such ridiculous epithets and in fact they had no probable interest in that they just wanted to support the team and so this guy karen j phillips let's take a look at his profile here together this guy karen j phillips oh his tweets are protected now <laughs> that's funny <laughs> This guy, the senior writer at Deadspin, the Pulitzer nominee in 2020 and 2019, now has his tweets protected. Why? Well, because he's kind of a piece of crap, and he's kind of an example of everything that's wrong in modern-day journalism. And so Deadspin, which, you know, Deadspin got popular kind of in the beginning of the racist thing, and here this little cartoon shows it. They printed this picture and we saw the kid with face paint here and you can see clearly he's got the colors of the chiefs on his face one side is red one side is black but they only did it on the black side and they posted this guy this guy karen j phillips who appears to be in his 40s and that's really i i, I understand i i can i i we're gonna we're gonna delve into the the narrative things at play here but there still is a part of me that looks at this and says how craven how horrible a person do you have to be that when a child is just trying to enjoy a football game seeing people on the field and, and just let's let's play into their ridiculous arguments of racism shall we who is there to cheer on mostly black men on the football field in american football mostly people of color and to root them on to victory. He's not trying to do anything nefarious. He's not even trying to be ridiculous. He's not even trying to be funny. This is a sincere, this is a sincere effort to be part of the team, part of the experience, and to have fun. And people like this guy, people like this Karen J. Phillips, who now has his tweets protected on X. Look at that and say, screw that kid. I'm going to turn him into a monster. What a piece of shit, right? We can just, we can just leave the story at that, but we're not going to because we want to talk about the problem of journalism in this country. So they had, so we, well, here's what we have to understand. They had the picture. If this guy wanted to do, this is what, again, going back to what I said, most journalists are propagandists who are looking for facts to suit their narrative. That's what we're doing. That's that's what they're doing in this instance. They are not. They were if they were not if they were looking for the story, they would actually have gone and tried to find the kid. It wasn't that difficult? A lot of the internet was able to do it pretty quickly. But this guy, but in, but of course, it's not. It doesn't. They don't need to because it suits the narrative. And it suits the narrative, but it doesn't matter about the truth because in some respects, the truth is irrelevant in their perspective, and also. It's irrelevant to the incentive structure that most of these websites have to do, which is to say, getting clicks and driving traffic, right? You know, Deadspin is Deadspin has been a com com company on the decline. Deadspin's been a company in decline, and now this brought them to the forefront. Here, you can see here the original 
you can see here the original thing if you're looking watching this on YouTube or Rumble. This is what they showed. And said the NFL needs to speak out against blackface. And then he said, well, but he's got black and red, which are the colors of the team. And this guy said, well, I can make an argument that this sounds even worse. Well, of course you can, because you're just put putting the facts to suit your structure, the narrative structure. And apparently you have no joy in your life. Of course, forget the next, and you know, like the next, the next big revelation is that this kid is actually from a native tribe in some respect. So like, this wasn't just a headdress. I don't think this was just a headdress that his family picked up at a store. It's probably something in their family. Maybe. Maybe they picked it up at a store. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter whether this kid was part of a native tribe or not. Are we really going to look at something like this? Like, you look at something like this, you don't see malice. Right? You don't see somebody, you don't see somebody who is trying to cause offense. You see somebody who's trying to celebrate something. And what's ridiculous about our modern thing where we have to hate who we are. And so we then like is clearly it's an homage. Clearly everything about this is an homage the same way that the Minnesota Vikings is an homage to the fighting spirit of the Vikings. This is an homage to the fighting spirit of the Native Americans. Because that's what we're trying to do in, in spectator sports. And again, I speak, I speak this as somebody who's not the biggest, like, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I don't live or die by my favorite teams. Love going to a game, but you would never see me. But frankly, you would also never see me done up like this, even as a kid. She's not who I was. But it's who this kid is, and he was trying to have a good time. And some grown man decided that he was going to make him an ex example of. And in doing so, he brought a lot of attention to him. Now, a lot of attention he didn't want, it turns out. But, hey, it still, it still served as narrative. So what does that say about everything else you see? Because here's the dirty little secret, right? A lot of these people... A lot of these people who end up in sports journalism wanted to be in real journalism to begin with. There just tends to be more jobs in sports journalism because there's a lot more sports. And there's an audience for it as well. But a lot of these people were trained in political ideologies, and so they want to bring that to something that you know is culturally relevant and influential. And that's why we see a lot of the things we see in regards to that. Ah, this next video that we're going to talk about, sticking on the racial angle. This next video is from Ibram X. Kendi. Now, I haven't watched this new documentary that's supposedly on Netflix, but I plan to, maybe. If I actually, I'm maybe not because I don't have Netflix anymore, considering they make it difficult to uh, to log in with somebody, and I don't want to pay for it. But the headline reads, whiteness prevents white people from connecting to humanity. Let's Reckon see what he how has much their to own say. Personal identity. Well, hopefully you guys can hear that. It's coming through the wrong speakers. One sec. Is shaped that, that, I, I, that, that I, I don't think uh, 
white uh, people worldwide have really reckoned with how much their own personal identity is shaped by constructions of whiteness and and how much um, that construction of whiteness uh, prevents uh, white people from uh, connecting to humanity. In other words, uh, recognizing that uh, when you when you recognize that you are part and parcel of humanity. In other words, you're not over humanity, right? Uh, it it allows you to really be able to connect to people who don't look like you, who have kinky hair, who have dark skin, uh, and to see yourself in them. And it's whiteness that prevents that, right? And, and when you're not able to see yourself uh, in other human beings, that creates all sorts of problems. Um, but not just societal problems, personal problems. Uh, that that I think hopefully this 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 film and this work will will liberate those folks from. So I, I think it's this liberate it's liberating all the way around, right? It it you know I think it, it will liberate you know really all of us because uh, you know we've all been told a lie about ourselves and other people. Ooh. Is that supposed to be profound? He asks rhetorically because that is supposed to be profound. Because in this man's world, in this man's world, people like me are evil. And people like you, anybody who's listening to a show like this would be evil as well. I don't even think of myself as white, for the record. I know I'm, I know I'm pasty. I know I'm pasty skinned. But I don't think of myself. I've never, I've never thought of myself in those terms. It's always been weird to me. Because what the word white really means in some respects is like wasp, which in some respects means Anglo, which means, you know, British, Teutonic, this Northern thing. And oh, it's such a complicated, annoying thing that I really don't find the time. I really don't find the desire to, 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 to deal with very much anymore, but it's good to check in on stuff like this because man, you know, this guy can sure spin a yarn. I want to listen back again to the middle part of this where he says, I think it was here. Prevents, uh, in other words, uh, recognizing that, uh, when you, when you recognize that you are part and parcel of humanity. So the case being made, right? We don't, we're going to logic this a little bit. The case being made is that the problem with white people who engage in whiteness, which what is whiteness? Whiteness is patriarchal, is a patriarchal order, is a Christian order, is a order in general is a meritocracy meritocracy is whiteness the idea that the best people for a job should be the ones getting it uh colonialism which you know whatever that's about as old as humanity itself and every single every single race is colonized at one point or another but he's saying that when you don't see yourself as part of humanity 
which is interesting considering that the message of Christianity is that we are all humans together. And so you see the perversion of Christianity within what he's what, what Ibram X. Kendi is saying. In other words, you're not over humanity, right? Uh, it, it allows you to really be able to connect. To connect with people who are different than you. Like anybody who grew up, anybody who grew up in a multi-ethnic area learned how to talk with people that were different than them. I feel personally, I guess I could be wrong about that. But more importantly, people who are open tend to be able to connect with people who are different than them more often than not. See, this is the thing that people like, this is, this is the irony of people like Ibram X. Kendi, who have twisted themselves into these horrible pretzel shapes of ideologies in order to suit a pre-existing narrative that they want to impose on the world. When in reality, a lot of people throughout time have been able to identify with the other people from other races, other ethnicities, other cultures. And speaking personally, it's something I quite enjoy. I enjoy that my, my life takes me to places that are of different cultures and different ways of doing things. But I also completely respect that there are people out there who hate that. But see, what Ibram X. Kendi, he can only exist within a certain kind of ecosystem and an ecosystem that purposefully tries to obfuscate the truth from the average person. But hey, I guess good for him for getting a Netflix special, right? That's something we can all agree with, maybe. Our next story is uh, about our friend and say and stare and some would say savior, some would say antichrist, Elon Musk. And Elon recently told some big time advertisers to f off. Now this video is the full thing; it's not the clip that went viral, but. I'm realizing I have the clip that went viral in my messages, so I can just pull that up real quick for you guys. Um, so Elon Musk was at, you know, I think so. what's interesting is Elon Musk seems to be all over the place recently, and he said a lot of stuff in in terms of, um, a, lot of tough, a lot of stuff in terms of free speech, in terms of the future of X as a social media platform, formerly Twitter, so on and so forth, right? And a lot of that has to do, one thing to keep in mind is the fact that he's probably out there trying to promote the Cybertruck, whatever, whatever. We're not going to break down the Cybertruck on the show. It's not really my, my forte, but hey, maybe we can talk to somebody about it. So he sat down for a conversation with the New York Times, and he's had this to say. Apology tour, if you will. That this had been said online. There was all of the criticism. There was advertisers leaving. We talked to Bob Iger today. I hope today. they stop. You hope? Uh, don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If, if somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go fuck yourself. But go fuck yourself. Is that clear? I hope it is. Hey, Bob, if you're in the audience. Well, well, let me ask you then. 
And of course, this guy has no idea where to take it. I thought a few things were really interesting about this story, right? It's it's and it's an interesting interview. I listened to the whole thing, um, but I want to uh, what I want to focus in on here is is a narrative is an angle that I haven't seen a lot of people talk about, and that is the role of advertising in media. Now, just for the sake of transparency, I've in part because you know this show is not. In part, in part because it's um, hopefully people could hear that. If not, if not, Elon says "fuck you" to Disney. He tells Bob Iger to go fuck himself, and he says he doesn't. Care. If if you're gonna blackmail him with money, that you don't want to. If you're gonna blackmail him with money, that he wants you to go fuck him yourself. And that's he's th- you know basically implying that that's a ridiculous thing to do. So what I want to talk about is. Um, what I want to talk about is the role of advertising in media. Now, for this show and for this project, my Substack, I, for many reasons, I've every year I I think about it, and you know, not that the show makes a lot of money, but hey, if you want to buy me dinner, become a member of the Been Awake Elite, you get full access to the archives, you get special content, you get access to this entire live stream. It's not going to be chopped up into segments for you. And, you know, you're buying me dinner. You're showing me that the work I'm doing is worth a little bit of your hard-earned money, and that helps me keep the lights on, helps me pay for things like StreamYard, and helps me stay motivated to keep making content like this for people. But I've decided, because there's, you know, there's small businesses out there that you can get, you know, there's affiliate marketing you can do. There's different ways you can try and earn income online. And I've kind of purposefully decided to use a... um to use a corporate, uh, uh, to use a donation model. Sorry, I'm a little, somebody messaged me and said that they couldn't hear the video. So I'm trying to figure out why that might be happening, but maybe it's just in spaces. I don't know. And I've decided to use a donation model, right? Just leave it at that. But part of the reason for that is you know the show isn't this isn't a very large show at the moment it's a very good show but it's not a very large show part of the reason for that is at some point when you start taking money from advertisers you start listening to your advertisers now sometimes you can be if you're really really good you'll make sure that only take advertisers that don't care what you say don't care about the topics you talk about or advertisers who support your mission right which is which is something that we see a lot especially in the political space but there is a degree to which when you go that route which is the route that's that's how you make money in this game right very few creators and usually these are people who have proven themselves out over a long period of time very few creators can actually support themselves on a donation only model it's just the truth you know so you supplement things with core, you know, you supplement your income in different ways. But for the biggest houses, the Daily Wires, the CNNs, the New York Times, the Facebooks of the world, they all rely heavily on advertiser money funding flowing into their accounts to, you know, earn them a decent profit. And so it seems crazy that somebody like Elon Musk would tell Bob Iger 
of Disney who was in that room. He actually spoke crazy as crazy as it might sound. He actually spoke in the same with the same guy at the same event to go fuck off. So what does this mean? Well, and he, what Elon does is he goes on to say that don't do it. X will fail and people will know that you're the reason why it failed. Right. And I don't even think that X will fail. I think there's, I think there's, I don't know. We'll see what the platform turns into, but I tend to think it's going to survive. A lot of people I know out there bemoan the idea of a culture war and what culture, what a culture war means or what it is. I think they exist. I think cultures are always at war with each other. It just depends on what level it's happening at. And I've made multiple references today of the fact that for most Americans, the Bill of Rights is an afterthought where you would think for the American people that would be at the center of the identity, the center of the core of the being of the people. Certainly that's how I was raised as an American. Is that things like the First Amendment and the Second and the Fourth and the Fifth and all of the amendments are important to defend our rights as people, as free-born men and women. But we saw in 2020 that nobody cares about that, really. And certainly not the major corporations if it's going to affect their bottom line. What does it really mean for journalism that a platform like X could go under if they don't get funding from major corporations. What does that mean for the cable networks that exist out there? Well, it means they're beholden to their advertisers. And so people should take a close look at who advertises in those spaces. You know, a lot of people, especially towards the end before he was kicked off, and, you know, gosh, if you're not watching Tucker's interviews on X, I'm not sure what you're doing but you're not paying attention certainly cuz they've been they've been off on it they've been crazy lately i mean he just had alex jones on him most of the way through that very very interesting to listen to him in a very uh more of a less polished version of himself certainly that but even towards the end of tucker carlson's tenure at fox news there was you know, people were constantly going after his advertisers to try and get him off the air, such that he only had like Mike Lindell from My Pillow, and maybe one or two other advertisers on his team. Those are the only people who would advertise with him, and eventually Fox kicked him off. So it matters because that's how you that's how you cash in in this world is through the advertising. And so what does it say that co corporations like Disney don't support free speech? Because that's the narrative game at play. Most of us see what Elon's doing as a measure for free speech, which we still think has some necessity in our world. And the other side sees it as enabling racism. How do you come to terms with these, with these divergent viewpoints and divergent ideologies? I don't know that we can. And that's one of the reasons why when we started this episode, I said, we have to leave behind the idea that we can really change things. 
and you can change you, you can make your own life better. You can improve the can, you know, your own physical and spiritual conditions. And then, and then in turn have a network effect and then positively help the people around you. Right. It's not, it's not to say that we're powerless, but it's recognizing what our power can actually accomplish. That's a different calculation for Elon Musk. Elon Musk is somebody who can actually change things. I mean, he literally he literally took Twitter, had it stop responding to every government request, and and basically created uh, the last what is what can be considered one of the last bastions for social media for for any kind of legitimate not even legitimate, any kind of freedom on a social media platform that that's the first step a dispersed ontological social media platform as opposed to a top-down autocracy that from what i can see meta and instagram have become so of course advertising influences the decisions of major media corporations like what you heard today, go to inawake.com to subscribe for future updates. My name is LB Muniz, and I am not one with the woke.